Hello, and welcome to Spotlight, celebrating the joy of the arts on the island. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, what's the easiest way to post art? Well, it's on a stamp, of course. The first of our monthly contributions from our national poets, the Bard and the Youth Bard. Dramatic competition returns to the gaiety with the Madfa Easter Play Festival. But just how do you adjudicate a play? And the Halle is heading our way. And I'm not talking about the comet. As always, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in, planning, hoping to create, or would really like to put in the spotlight. Be they poetic, visual, theatrical, musical or literary, just email me at spotlight at manxradio.com or if you prefer, direct Howard Kane with an E, please, at manxradio.com. We'll start with those stamps. Eileen Cher must be one of the best-known artists on the island. Her work has been widely exhibited and is popular with collectors around the world who identify with her dreamlike, naive style and works in worlds inhabited by characters which may seem familiar but might be from another dimension, often trying to escape the confines of the frame. I'm happy to say I have a small collection of her work bringing joy and intrigue in equal measure to the walls of my house. Now anyone can have a wonderful, if rather physically small, collection of her beautiful art after Isle of Man Stamps produced a joyful set of six stamps showcasing some of her highly idiosyncratic animal paintings. I dropped into her studio to ask Eileen what she thought of her postable miniatures. I'm really pleased. Um, it's like it's a new audience. I want to thank the Alaman Post because it, they've done it so well. And important for an artist because, again, it's all about the colour and the texture and, I suppose, reproducing your pictures on the stamps. It's that small. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, They're sort of like right. little miniatures. Yeah. But the colours, I suppose, I mean, are the colours good for you? Because trying to reproduce the colours from your actual original artworks can't be that easy onto the stamps, I imagine. No, I don't think it was. But I didn't have anything to do with that. But they're like little miniatures, aren't they? They are, indeed. Yeah. Had you known about it for a long time? Had they approached you a long time ago? Um, no, no, it was just out of the blue. Um, and I thought about animals and it sort of kind of worked. You are inspired a lot by animals and nature, anyone who knows your work. And we're standing in your studio now, and there's the lady with butterflies, there's an alligator, there's possibly a chaffinch, there's cats which frequently crop up. You're inspired a lot by nature and animals in the yeah. natural world? Yeah, I really, um, I really go for nature, yeah, definitely. And, and it's, I know you were saying when you start out, with a painting, you never quite know how it's going to finish. No, it evolves. It, it, I, I always get, well, I nearly always get surprised. And I, I really like ethnographic art and stuff like that. And, you know, Indian miniatures, yeah. It's got that sort of slightly sort of native, naive sort of feel about the art, oh, hasn't definitely, it? definitely, yeah. And how about the other thing which I love, and I know a lot of people and several of the paintings around us here have, is this, this thing of where the art on the frame it actually escapes from the canvas and carries on over the actual frame of the artwork. How did that start out? Was that a deliberate thing? No, it happened by accident. I did it by mistake and it kind of worked. I liked it and I, I, I just, that's part of the painting now. I have a sketchbook and I have ideas. Um, and then I, when I got to do a new painting, I 
write that in charcoal and then work from there. And then it sort of evolves. And do you have more than one on the go at a time, or do you just work no, on... No, just one at a time. Just one. I can't cope with more than one at a time. <laughs> and do you have to wait for sort of inspiration when you're painting? And I know it's different for every artist, but you have your sketch and then you sort of transfer it to the larger scale. I mean, how do you know whether it's going to be a big picture or a little one or a round I one? I don't know till I actually start the picture. I kind of... So I don't know how. I, it, I just... No inside. It's just no. the magic happens. Yes, yes, I think so. I can't, I can't explain that, no. And do you like to paint? I mean, do you paint, do you have to have a particular time of day to paint, overnight or in the I morning? I can't or? paint if, if I've got to be in the mood. Yeah. I, I've got to, yeah. And maybe I'll paint for quite a few hours or maybe, like with this one, I, I've just got to do the outline and stuff, so, you know... That'll be yes, and then I'll start another one. And how many, I mean, roughly, and you might not count the hours, I don't know, but from having the idea and the sketch to the finished artwork, any idea how many hours that takes? It takes about a month, really, um, because I can only do it when I'm in the mood, and otherwise I might just ruin it. Do you know what I mean? I do, I do. <laughs> And I think the stamps then, as you say, this might open up your artwork to a, a whole new audience, really, because people... Well, yeah, that's what I've said, yeah. It's, 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 it's a completely new audience, yeah. And I'm, I'm thrilled. It is very exciting indeed. And finally, we've got some exhibition posters around the walls here. Have you got uh, any more exhibitions? I know you quite often have one every other year in some of the galleries here and there. Anything coming up on the rails? Well, I'm looking for next year, but I'm looking for a, a gallery space, you know. So um, we haven't got the sale gallery anymore, so it's hard. It's been great talking to you. Uh, the paintings are gorgeous as ever and they look lovely on the stamps, I must admit. You must be super they proud. Do. They look amazing, don't they? I'm really pleased. I think they look gorgeous as well and I think they're going to brighten up thousands of envelopes. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And bring joy into other people's lives as well. Great talking to you, Aline. Well, that's what it's about, um, bringing a bit of joy to people. It is. It is. And you can view the whole collection by visiting isleofmanpost.com forward slash animals collection is also available for viewing on their media centre online alamanpost.com forward slash media centre Spotlight brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council The Manx Amateur Drama Federation Easter Play Festival is well underway after two years absence To see how things were going I spoke to the adjudicator at the festival Jan Palmer-Sayer and MADFA President Michael Lees who was clearly delighted the festival was at last back on the boards. There's so much planning goes into it. We've been planning this for the best part of 12 months. We started off with Zoom meetings and now, thankfully, we're back to meeting in person. And, oh, it's been a, a marvellous relief that the festival is actually on nearly three years since we had a festival on the Isle of Man. We did have one last month, which was a one-act, but this is the first full length that we've had for a considerable time. So we're really pleased. And Jan, it's a welcome back to the island uh, for you. No stranger here, of course. No, not at all. It's it's wonderful to be back, actually, Howard, because um, I think the last time I was here to do any work was to direct the Max Passion in 2014. And although I was I was hired to uh, adjudicate the All Winners Festival a couple of years ago, of course, that all got postponed because of the dreaded COVID. So it's fantastic to be back, meeting old friends, seeing lots of people and 
getting back into the fabulous Gaiety Theatre and seeing some live theatre. And I have to tell you, Howard, it's we've had two nights and they've been fantastic. So let's talk a little bit more about the plays. So these are actually full-length plays, as opposed as Michael was saying, as opposed to uh, one-act plays. Are we always looking for a good amount of variety during the week, do you think? Yes, I, I think, I, I wonder if this this year the plays have been slightly influenced by people, the uncertainty and people not really knowing how many people they're going to be able to bring, uh, who's going to be off with COVID, who's going to be ill, who's going to need to be replaced. And so we have got some fairly small plays, particularly in the early part of the week, so three two-handers. But I think what they've pro- what they've gone to prove is the fact that you can have a two-hander and still fill the game. Um, they've been marvellous plays. Constellations by Nick Payne uh, with the Peter Rowe Mask Theatre this week was a total revelation. I taught Nick Payne actually. Uh, <laughs> just dropping, just dropping a name there. But it was, and, and I've seen the play two or three times, and uh, it's it's not a play for people who don't know what they're doing. But the audience were gripped and thrilled. Uh, buy it on, on, on Sunday. That got us off to a terrific start. And then we had White Cobra Productions with Betty and Joan, which follows the rivalry of those two doyens of Hollywood, uh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford, as they rehearse Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. And that was that was wonderful. I think people enjoyed the bitchy, the, 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 the stuff going on behind scenes, the scoring points it was it was it was just lovely and they did it wonderfully well so we've had two terrific evenings of theatre so uh, far love letters by by uh, A.R. Gurney yeah that's White Cobra Productions again mm-hmm. um, I think Madford were looking for something to, to fill a gap and this is something that they had on their books as, as something you can actually do as a um, I mean, it's a piece. It's a it's a fantastically well written piece. It's two, it's two, it's two people writing letters, and it, it follows their life um, from high school right through to old age. Um, the letters that they wrote to each other and how their paths have crossed and then diverted and crossed again. It's a wonderfully well written piece. Marvellous. And then later on, there's a couple of uh, things from the Alaman locals that people maybe went to see the One Act Festival. There's a Hog the Limelight with the Lover and then the Stage One Drama School doing Musicians by Patrick Marber. Yeah, and I, these two are really very interesting because they're both obviously well-known playwrights. Pinter's The Lover is a strange piece. It's it's sexy, it's alluring, uh, it's enticing and, and, and you feel like a voyeur. You feel as though you're a, a, a microscopic thing, just watching what these two people get up to um, and of course Howard I think you're appearing in that one aren't you? <laughs> blink and you'll miss me but yeah I'm, I'm in and out like a flash. <laughs> yes I shan't blink don't worry um, but that's that's going to be and, th- and that actually won the One Act Play Festival um, and then we also have the winners of the youth section with um, a play called The Musicians by Patrick Marber and that is a fantastically well written piece it it was part of the National Theatre Connections project of of, I think 2014 I think it was perhaps earlier Um, and it's quite topical because it's about this high school um, who who take their orchestra into uh, Moscow that's the idea and perform a Tchaikovsky um, symphony Um, and something goes wrong they lose all their instruments uh, I'm not going to reveal the, the, the outcome. I think you're going to need to come along and see it. But that will be a, a genuine treat because we know those plays are good. They, they won the, the One Act Festival um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them.
Uh, on Thursday, well, there's one I think everyone will have heard of this one, the importance of being earnest. Yeah, but I don't think it's, I don't know, I haven't seen it, I've only read the script, and I've seen the updates they've made of it, and I know that Lady Bracknell is uh, going to be played by a male actor, so that's a little bit of interest. So although it's a, it's a, it's a well-worn play, it's a play that never loses its sparkle. There's always something, there's always something that's going to make you giggle in the importance of being earnest. Um, and uh, Muttley and Minx, of course, I think are well-known um, under this title or Garden Suburb Theatre. They're, 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 well, they're well-known in the mm-hmm. Isle of Man, good old favourites and a terrific play. And don't we need something sparkly and effervescent and bubbly. I think at, at these times we certainly do, don't we? To sort of keep a smile on the face. Finishing off Friday the 22nd. Inspector Drake and the Black Widow by David Tristram. I've heard of David Tristram. I don't know the play. The play is one of a series of, of plays involving Inspector Drake and it's, it's he's a kind of a mixture of Poirot and any detective that you can think of. But Tristram writes a good joke and the play is full of laughter and humour, impossible things happening and there's one valiant um, actress, if I'm allowed to use that word, a female actor, who is is going to play all the female roles. So it should be a rumbustuous, near farce, and I think a, a, a wonderful end to the, the festival on awards night. So if, if you're looking for a laugh, there's some coming later in the week. <laughs> we always, always need a laugh, I think, particularly at the moment. Um, it's always a massive organisational feat, uh, uh, Michael. Uh, tickets been going well? Um, they're coming back, Howard, because, as you well know, people have been a bit nervous of coming into spaces where there are a lot of people. Um, the first night was thin, I have to say, but they are coming back now, so that's good. And hopefully, as the week goes on, people will begin to feel a bit more sort of confident of, of being in, in spaces where there's quite a crowd. So, yes, they are coming back, but slowly. And a couple of tickets, I think, available through uh, courtesy of Max Radio, I think, as well. Yes, I'm yeah, really yeah. pleased about that. We've got two tickets now each night for the remaining part of the week, mm-hmm. and all people have to do is to win the competition and then turn up at the Gaiety Theatre and say, I'm the Manx Radio winner, and give their name, and they'll get it. Sounds easy enough, it has to be said. The other thing, again, putting these things on, it's no, uh, it's particularly difficult to think, as you say, after a couple of years where it's been quiet and people have been a bit uneasy, getting people back into the swing of things and also getting the funding to do that. So obviously looking for sponsorship a lot of the time, getting people who are prepared to stick their neck out and sponsor some of these things. Oh, absolutely. And we're so grateful to people like the Steam Packet who have given us tremendous sponsorship, which helps enormously. The Arts Council, of course, without whom this festival couldn't take place because they gave us tremendous help and have done over many, many years towards funding the teams coming. Um, Manx Radio itself gave us lots of publicity, which is invaluable, of course, and uh, ShopRite, they've also given us good support. So that's great. And then we brought a new one in, just really on the last minutes, Tellurian, that well-known company Mm -hmm. that put on wonderful musical and also drama. Uh, And thank you to Matt James for that. Uh, He's been really wonderful and given us a great substantial help so that's really great so thank you to all those sponsors like getting back to the nitty-gritty in in many ways of this uh, jen it, it is a festival but is it it's a competition at the end of the day people are competing against each other there are prizes as it were points mean prizes and it is a way of anyone who's not been to one of these festivals before might think how on earth 
can you judge these plays against each other? Well, you can because you, you, you're judging a play in terms of its various categories. So you're, you're judging the, pre- the standard of presentation, you're judging the standard of direction and the level of acting and then an overall, we give an overall mark for dramatic achievement. So where the plays are very, very different and you're looking for uh, their excellence in those categories. So you can mark them. But I think for me, the, 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 the real competition, the real challenge for companies is to make their play work on the stage on which they find themselves. And to make a play work at, on the Gaiety stage, of course, is, is a wonderful challenge. Um, and you, you, you're, play, you're playing in, in, in a theatre that uh, is rivaled, in my view, by no other theatre in in the rest of the United Kingdom, well, I say the rest of the United Kingdom, but in the United Kingdom mm. as a whole, I think you, that there is, there's no, there's no theatre that is quite this standard, which has been so lovingly restored. It's a, it's a, th- it's a joy and it's a privilege, but that's the challenge to make your play work in, in that theatre. And so far, I, I don't mind telling you, and I'm, I'm giving nothing away. They've done pretty well. The standard this week is, I, I think, surprisingly high, given the last two years, um, and the the thrill of just seeing live theatre. And going back to that first play, Constellations, I'd seen it on Zoom. I've seen it twice on Zoom. I've seen it two or three times before that um, in the theatre. And to get back to that play, which is a fine, fine piece, and to have, to, to, to actually feel the play as you do and feel the pin drop silence and feel the laughter of the audience, it's like nothing else. And of course, we should say that the, the teams coming across have, in essence, one day to get themselves organised and rehearse in this actual environment. Yes, indeed. I think they, t- they are allowed to turn up at the theatre, I think, something like 10 o'clock. And they work all day to get their lighting, their staging sorted out, because it's a raked stage, as you know, Howard. So sometimes placing your set on a stage which slopes is not easy. Um, and then they, they, they have the afternoon to rehearse, get things right, make sure it's going to work and then try and get a bite to eat. And then back they are at seven o'clock ready for curtain up at 7.30. But it's a, it's a very full on, very intense day. And the actual, you were saying about the marking there, so it's a little bit like uh, people who might have done piano exams, is it? There are individual sections you're looking out for which carry yeah. marks in, in each section from the point of view of either lighting or presentation or, or the acting overall, is it? Yes. I mean, the majority of marks are for the acting, so you're, you're looking for performance, uh, and 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 that that carries 40% of the marks. Another 35% is, is the direction. So the, the, the really creative input... Um, is is given the most marks, I think. And then the presentation, only 15%, but get it right, of course, and it can it can make you win the festival. And I think pre- presentation is very, very important because um, it's the thing that lifts the experience for the audience. They're, they're given an exciting visual picture. You know, and can they get what they want out of the lighting? Um, can they introduce a, a, an interesting soundtrack? So the whole thing is... is, is is, is there to, to encourage teams to, to try and get as many marks as they can in all of the categories and in so doing uh, create a finished and polished piece of exciting theatre. The Easter Festival plays runs until the 22nd of April, that's Friday I believe, so you still have time to get along and support it. If added incentive is needed... There's a chance to win a pair of tickets to tomorrow and Friday's performance here on Manx Radio. Just listen to 1 to 3 with Christy D between... Well, you've probably guessed, and you have a chance to win.
Now, in what will become a regular feature over coming months, we're going to celebrate the work of our bards, the current Manx youth bard, Eva Petrova, and the latest Manx bard, Owen Atkinson. We'll start with Owen. Hello. So this poem that I've got today, I wrote a couple of years ago and then adapted um, fairly recently. It's funny, I was reading a lot of um, Rupi Kaur, who is this this poet that I really... um, admire and she writes very very concise poetry which i think sounds silly because this actually is a very long poem but it used to be extremely long um so i learned from her editing process <laughs> this poem is called winter sun it's funny how the brain works memories once so precious drift away like dying smoke like heat beneath the winter sun it hit me like a ton of bricks A ton of feathers feels just the same. I see you again, in my mind's eye. I hold my breath. How did I forget? How did I forget seeing you across the room, the only one dancing? Guitar, drums, bass. I don't know the song. Music and applause merging into one. That I do remember. But the joy in your eyes and the smile on your face? How did I forget? How did I forget who kissed whom first? How did I forget the taste of your lips? How did I forget the kindness, the softness, the openness? I told you I thought you were straight. You told me you thought you were too. We slept in the same bed. I like to think it was not just out of necessity. I felt your breath and tried to synchronize. I felt your heartbeat and try to count. Fast. Mine too. How did I forget? How did I forget the next day we spent together? Winter on the coast. So cold I could barely feel my hands. I didn't mind. We drank overpriced coffee in the plaza and walked along the beach despite the biting wind. I do remember the view from atop the city walls and that deceptive winter sun. How did I forget the look you gave me leaving? No kiss goodbye. There was hardly anyone in that car park, but the chance of one judgmental eye was enough. For you, at least. The music, the moment, the night, the cold, the city. I remember it all. But you, close to me once, then driving away, no more than a wave. How did I forget? I barely remember your face, voice, touch. But here and now, this cosy bar, the clumsy strum of soft guitar, murmurs whispered in the dark, blood-red wine and beating hearts. It all comes back, the memory starts. I smile, I sit, I write, reminisce. I wonder, yet, how? Until now, how did I forget? Winter Sun by Owen Atkinson. We'll hear from Eva in the next week or two. Sounds a bit like the theme to Jaws at the start. It's actually Dvorak's ninth, as played by the Halle Youth Orchestra. And I play it to you here as a reminder that the Halle, the orchestra, not the comet, will be coming to the island later 
this summer, courtesy of the Isle of Man Arts Council. We'll be presenting them at the Villa Marina on Saturday the 23rd of July with a programme including Musgrave and Sibelius. There'll also be a Come and Play educational concert trying to educate people into the joys of orchestral and classical music. Much more on all that in weeks to come. Who knows? This could be you. Or perhaps, if you're a bit too old, one of your kids playing in years to come. And what a great sound they make. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com and download the Spotlight podcast. Listen at your leisure. Drop me a line with any artistic thoughts or ideas. Stay creative, and I'll see you next week. Cheerio. Thank you.